is Mark Mack. The Sounds Collective. Deeper. Deeper.
Hello, good evening. It's the Sounds Collective on 107.3 Stafford FM. Have you had a good week? I hope so. Got another cracking show lined up for you again this week. My guest is Will Some Such. He is a top producer, a quality musician and DJ, and uh, you're going to get a chance to have a listen to him a little bit later on. And uh, in between that, I'm going to be having a chat with the man in the second hour, playing a few tracks from his label, which is Colour and Pitch. And also, I'm going to be dropping a few tracks from uh, a collaboration that Will does with Will Brock, a gentleman from Philadelphia. And uh, it's called Mega Jones. They're a group that they've pulled together. They're out on BBE. I'm going to drop a few of their tracks as well. In the meantime, I've got the usual sort of mix of the finest in deep house from an awful lot of good labels as well as a few labels as well that you've never really heard of that are just as quality uh some cracking track the one thing that i do like about tonight's show is nearly every single tune on this show i absolutely love we've got some deep bassy tracks some off key notes and uh, some amazing tunes now starting off that's just one of the beautiful tunes that's around at the moment that's late night it's the dennis christopher remix it's by alistair albrecht the uh, release date for that is about the 28th of november so you've got a little bit of waiting time on that and it's out on muscox records absolute steaming now the tune that's coming in this is something that i've had as a white label haven't got a clue where it's come from brilliant track somebody's done this and uh, it's worked out quite amazingly now it's a far alone remake of a santana track now it's called black magic woman beautiful tune straight after this you've got fool me up it's the original mix by guy t it's one of five tracks on the brand new release from the ever evolving deep wit recordings and it's on its own autumn air album it's out in october october the 26th to be fair you can get it on bandcamp and you can find it on beatport enjoy guys speak to you in a minute Oh, 
Okay, you know this show is quite a big fan of Jaro Nugas. Now here is a beautiful tune from the Disclosure Project. It's called Bonsoir. Uh, it's the Jero Nugas remix. This is one of two remixes that Jero has done of this class track. Now the other being a chill out rework. Both of them are lush, deep and absolutely stunning in their makeup. Other remixes on there by Danny Stoke, aka Roland Knights, out on track source right now. The track that follows this is Doom. It's the original mix. I absolutely adore this tune. It's by Sakeo and Corkett. It's out right now on Smiley Fingers Records. Cracking track. Following that again, Alec Solterov and Nothing You Can Do. The original mix is the name of the track. It's released by the label Different Attitudes and it's available on Track Source exclusive this week. General release as of the 26th of October.
listening to right now this is by intro beats that is the name of the artist les mcd the original mix it's taken off the les mcd ep it's on the label something else it's again out on track source this week and um you can get it again on the 26th of this month following this it's the first track i'm going to be playing from mega jones right so stay tuned you're listening to the sounds collective here on 107.3 stafford fm
just listened to is Mega Jones. Now Mega Jones is a compilation between Will Brock and Will Some Such. They release on BBE Records and uh, that is an absolute quality tune. It's called The Game and uh, I can't fault it. As I say, I'm going to have a chat with Will in the second hour, so stay tuned here on the Sounds Collective. This gentleman, I think I actually called him an onion and I think you can actually see why when you actually hear the interview all right so carrying on the track that we've got coming in right now is called it's time it's the original mix and it is a cracking track by tolga dilla it's out on capital heaven which is a top label now release date is this week it's a top package guys it holds two originals on there three remixes and it really is worth checking out and finishing off just before we go over to have a chat with Will, got another tune by Faison with a great remix from X Gets the Crest. Thank you. 
sake. That is the Pink Room X Gets the Crest remix. That is from Phazen. Uh, being the original artist and seventh release, I think, on Sheffield's Delve Deeper Recordings. It's another top label. A stunning EP with James Benedict getting his hands on that, re- that, uh, that for a remix as well. And not only that, the original I absolutely love. Quality package. Now, a few little things there. Big things to come, to be honest, from the label. Um, We have a little bit of news, whereas James is doing a Lucky Sun mix for us. Now, that's Tom Lowndes' record label. Uh, It's going to be very soon. As well as that, Faison has just said he's going to return to the Sounds Collective and do as an exclusive show. And not only that, Delve Deeper has just agreed to do an exclusive show for us featuring their eighth year anniversary. Big stuff to come here on the Sounds Collective. So right, stay tuned. You're listening to the Sounds Collective here on 107.3 Stafford FM. I'm going to be chatting right after this with Will Some Such.
stunner, isn't it? Eh? That's lifted from the six-track EP called Decades. Now, the artist there is Aura, who's a.k.a. Simon Tappenden. Now, that was released via the Lucky Sun Records label. It's called Karelia. Just drop that little baby to show you the quality you can expect from this top label. Right, stay tuned. Gonna go straight on over to the interview that I did with Will Some Such. Enjoy. This is Mark Mack. The Sounds Collective. 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 Deeper. Deeper. 107.3 Stafford FM. Right, welcome back to the Sounds Collective. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to play you an interview that I thoroughly enjoyed doing. I hope you thoroughly enjoy listening to it. Uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is co-partner of Mega Jaunts and also owner of the label that is known as Colour and Pitch. This is Will Some Such. It's great to have you on board. Thank you very much for coming on. It's Will Some Such. It is, yeah. yeah. Thanks Let's... thanks so much for having me on the show, Mark. <laughs> uh, as I say, I've had too many coffees, I think, this morning, my friend. <laughs> my <laughs> mouth is running away with me. How are you keeping? I'm very well, thanks. It's a glorious sunshine down here in Brighton today, so uh, it's not so bad. You live in Brighton now. Are you originally from Brighton? I am. I'm Sussex born and bred, um, but grew up down in the West Country. Okay. For you, I know that you, you run a label and everything else, but, you know, your music influences. When you were younger, what did you used to listen to? And do you, I mean, do you think it actually has directed you? Because you, you, I know you like some vocals, and I know you're slightly off-key with some of the stuff that you do. What did you used to listen to when you were younger? Honestly, um, everything but house music. Um, I started off playing playing guitar, writing writing songs about um, about girls at school who wouldn't talk to me, you know, that kind of thing. Everyone has a go at playing an instrument to impress girls at a certain age, and then there's, there's some of us where it, it, it takes over and the, the girls go out the window, at least for a few years. Right. Um, and I was definitely one of those people. Um, so, yeah, I kind of fell into that and then um, got heavily into jazz music. Okay. Again, um, with the guitar or...? Or just yes. listening? Or... Yeah, playing and listening. Um, I was studying music at the time, so it was, uh, often it was, uh, it was people I was studying alongside or people I knew. Um, and also I was always friends with a lot, of, uh, a lot of DJs and a lot of people with incredible, incredible record collections. Um, but as I said, um, I was also massively into hip-hop, massively into drum and bass, living in the, in the West Country in mm. the, the mid to late 90s, early noughties. You know, it kind of felt like, you know, with... With Portishead and Ronnie Size and everything, it kind of felt like the the centre of the the universe for a little while there. Yeah, I mean, Bookham was a big influence in the nineties as well. Absolutely, Bookham was incredible. He actually turned me on to Leroy Hudson, who's uh, still yeah. one of my favourite funk artists of all time. Yeah, I can um, appreciate that. I've seen Bookham a few times live, and he's amazing. Uh, Logical Progression tour going back, I think that was the nineties or late late nineties or two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have them down quite regularly, Bookham and Comrade and uh, Five Alive and Nookie and all of that lot. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, and, and I think for me, the drum and bass at that point was wonderful. And then it, it gen- generally started getting so much darker and harder. And it kind of seemed to be a competition of, of how mm-hmm. much you could raise the BPM and how nasty and, uh, and hard you could make it. And I, I kind of dropped out of the, the scene 
in terms of going out. And then I think I had some friends who'd uh, who'd got into deep house music. I was really quite anti house music, I have to say. I kind of definitely saw myself as a as a musician, and I wasn't really interested in uh, in something with a with a four four kick drum and a and a hi hat. And uh, right. and then it was what it is the classic story. I think it was just the right night, the right people, um, the right environment, and I just suddenly got it. You know, it just it just opened out and and I realized it was actually rather than being one of the what I thought it was which is one of the most limiting forms of music there is it was actually uh one of the freest because around the structure of that 4-4 beat you can do absolutely anything and I think there's very few genres other than jazz um which you can do that very true yeah very true that that, that amazes me I'll be honest um you know but, well, to be honest the story that you've you've most probably told is practically the same as myself really yeah um i used to be you know very much sort of like into um off-key stuff but not your usual house bang 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 which i used to call it um and your logical uh your how can i call it intelligent drum and bass absolutely yes you know i mean i knew goldie believe it or not many years ago um, and when he got involved with the metalheads and everything else, it, it really got a bit heavy foot to the floor. And as you've just said, you know, it got way out there. I mean, there's some good stuff going on at the moment. Etherwood is another, is amazing at the moment, um, which is, I think, out on hospital records um, and medic records. Absolutely lovely. If you want to try and get into somebody, have a, have a look what Etherwood's doing at the moment with the old drum and bass. I'm writing that down as we speak. It'd be nice to, uh, to, to, to I've, I've literally not listened to, uh, to drum and bass probably for 10 years. So yeah, very, very nice. Very nice. Uh, soft tones, warm notes, and, uh, a lovely straight line beat through it with vocals that are at times jazzy in its influences off key, out of beat, off its note, you know, um, really nice, really nice. I like, I, I was listening to his album only a matter of, I think about a week ago. Uh, wow yeah and it really does sort of like put a smile on my face oh that sounds wonderful yeah have a check I think out the, i think the other thing i should probably mention in terms of uh my my musical background was uh was actually hip-hop was a was a huge influence and it was through through old school hip-hop that i discovered a lot of jazz and funk artists just simply by you know buying these records and uh and reading reading all the, the lists of samples and then trying to find those tracks and i think a lot of people did that way as well so it's kind of um, rather than being i guess per se into jazz and into into funk music um from the get-go it kind of came from the samples in in hip-hop music and i was was lucky enough to uh when i was at university i started a a little down tempo and hip-hop label called late night lounging okay and as a result of that i ended up signing it signing a fair few uh us artists i worked quite closely with dot love and kevsky um is marquee um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was a real trip to go and, uh, get to know those guys. And at that point, um, you know, nobody was interested, you know, these guys who, who built the scene, nobody was at all interested. Yeah. Um, unfortunately I didn't have the experience or skills to really, to really promote it or, or do what I, I wanted to do. Um, but it's nice to see that now these guys are getting a bit of attention again and that music is getting attention again because it was, uh, you know, they call it golden era hip hop for a reason. 
Yeah, well, there's, it's good music. I mean, through hip hop into trip hop and things like that, it was seems a natural progression for you and most probably for me, um, mm. in terms of the electronic side of it starting taking over as well. Mm, absolutely, you're a real onion, aren't you? <laughs> a little bit i just like music you know <laughs> so that is unreal so i mean you you dj as well do you i do um i was producing for a long time before i was djing um and i think it was it was there was a point where someone offered me quite a significant amount of money to go out and uh and play records and i i'd been buying music on vinyl i think for some time yeah. Um, but I didn't, I'd, even at that age, I've been about 18 when that happened. Um, but even at that age, I didn't want to go out and play without really knowing it because I had a few friends who were real turntablists, you know, they were real, yeah. real, real proper DJs. And I kind of, it's the same respect as anything. I think if you were a guitarist and a musician and a producer, you kind of like, I actually want to really properly get my head around this and understand the culture. Yeah. before I start profiting from it. And I think, you know, bringing it forward to today, I think that's one of the, the biggest problems in the DJ scene today and the culture is that those barriers to entry and that respect for the culture are, are not there amongst a lot of the new generation. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Well, the top man, this track is a beautiful tune. This is Finding Home. It's featuring Matty Ellis. It's out on colour and pitch. And again, this is some such. Can't see me there, still waiting at 
into a club you had to um, now everybody can use DJ uh, whatever they want the D, even the, the, the CDJs now mix can mix for you um, you know and you just got to have somebody standing behind the decks now you know when you've got big people like you know Calvin Harris and everything else that basically don't change their formula 
same mm. formula from start to finish. You could actually put most probably 10 of his tracks in a row and they all look via, via, via a waveform, most probably exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it seems a shame because it loses its originality then and what it used to have many years ago. I mean, I listened to a lot of Italian house when it first mm. started. There was a gentleman that I loved. And I still I pipe on about him. There's a guy called Dizo. And he'd done one of these first tracks that I actually fell in love with, which is called um, Latin Blood. Mm. And it absolutely rocked me. You know, it put me on my heels. Um, and nowadays, they all, all the music sounds the same. The sets can be actually pre-recorded. The sets can be actually, you know, anybody and their mate can walk in with a laptop and, and do a whole night without much worry and thought mm. and just play what everybody wants to hear in terms of that but now that back then you had people that used to tell a story from start to finish yeah and i think the other the other thing which i i'm so you know i'm very glad that it happened was that there was an there was certainly an era where you had to find yourself and find who you were mm. as a dj and as an artist um and it wasn't you know there wasn't anyone to to show you or tell you you know i remember i had friends who were absolute killers in terms of in terms of drum and bass you know in terms of mixing and cutting and i had you know friends who were hip-hop turntablists who were absolutely incredible at scratching mm -hmm. and uh, and my thing my tastes were so eclectic that i think a the level of of financial investment you have to put in before you can even play a set that makes any sense because if you like hip-hop and you like drum and bass and you like funk and you like this and you know you kind of at some level, you want to try and put it together in some kind of way that makes sense. So you have to have a lot of music before you even start. But also, it wasn't necessarily about BPMs. I think everyone's got this whole mixed in key, this whole BPM thing mm -hmm. down pat now. And you know, and I really miss the days when people used to used to switch. You know, used to the, mm. the tempo would change. There'd be something else in a record that would mean that the next, re you know, the, 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 that, it made, that it made sense with the previous record. But that thing wasn't necessarily the BPM or the key. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, very much so. Um, as you say, though, you would switch. You could take a, a, a pumping house track and bring it down into, you know, as you say, a bit of hip-hop. Um, and the crowd would see the story that you're trying to tell. Absolutely. And, and those mixes really still stand up today. I had the, the pleasure of uh, re-listening to... Um, Probably the mix that um, that really turned me on to dance music and excited me was um, Scott Hardkiss on uh, Pete Tong's show in, I think it was 96. Okay. Um, 96, 97. He did an essential mix. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually a pleasure. We, we ended up exchanging, uh, exchanging some, uh, some ideas and, and having some conversations before he passed away, which was, uh, which was nice. But he was, you know, that mix, I've... It's it's available on SoundCloud actually for free. Um, if you just Google Scott Hardkiss uh, Essential Mix, and it's uh, to this day, it's just still you know it's got it's got this extra factor of emotion and integrity, and someone who knows their music inside out, and as you said, is someone who's telling a story, um, and I think that's probably in this day and age that's something that we should we should strive even harder for um, because it's just yeah it's it's not the norm anymore. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't. It gets a bit frustrating because I, I, I do something. Sometimes I do other nights. I do other nights as a sounds collective. You know yourself. Alvaro came out down mm. to me one night and then went down to you, didn't he? 
um, yes. which was amazing to see. Alvaro is a, I love Alvaro. I love Sierra. Amazing people, lovely, real to the heart people, and it was such a joy to see him DJ. Mm. And we worked back off back in terms of, you know, in terms of half an hour here, half an hour there, and it. We all. What was nice is that we we spoke the same language. Yeah, you know. Um, and it was, it was a sheer joy to do. It was a sheer joy to work with that man. Um, but it, in that initial sort of sets in those type of rooms, it's one of those vibes that unless the people know it, they, they sort of stand and look around as though, you know, what's this about? And, you know, you've, you've really got to find the crowd is what I'm trying to aim at, isn't it? You know, that the, the appreciative crowd, there's no use sending an, a, a person that likes beer to a wine festival. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I love, I love that analogy. It's the one that I always end up using um, because so many people, you know, so many of us get very disheartened by exactly what you're telling about. You know, find, finding the the correct audience for what what it is that you do. Mm. And uh, the analogy I always use is that we're running a little uh, a little family run beautiful restaurant and there's a mcdonald's next door and there's yeah. a steady line of people walking into that mcdonald's but they're not going to come into our place we can stand at the door of our restaurant feeling really upset because all these people are walking straight past, past our place and going into mcdonald's but ultimately they always will because what we do and what they do are not the same thing yeah very much you know? so very much so i absolutely adore this tune this is some such featuring will brock all along it's the original mix again it's out on color and pitch It never showed Oh, little did we know It's been a long ride We searched and now our eyes are sore I guess it never showed Oh, little did we know Our eyes 
you've obviously started, you know, making music. You've got your own label. What was it called? 2013, I launched the current label, Colour and Pitch, um, actually as a digital label, um, with a very different approach and a very, uh, I guess, very different expectations. And I'm really enjoying it this time around, I have to say. That's brilliant. I mean, the the the, ne- the Netherlands in between that point where you finished your last label to now. Did, I mean, did you just make music? Yeah, um, I was. God, what was I doing? Um, I was making music. Can you remember? Um, yes, I was. Uh, yes, I was, I've been making music consistently. Um, uh, I guess the first sort of bigger thing in terms of house that I did was on a label called Urban Talk. I don't know if you remember them. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, but they were, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I still miss that label, uh, you know, one of my favourite, one of my favourite labels, and it was an absolute pleasure to be an artist on them. Um, as a result of that, I started uh, having some, you know, some people like Jodie Wistonoff and Austin Lade, so I started supporting my productions, um, and so I got to travel quite a bit. I started getting getting DJ gigs abroad, um, which was an absolute pleasure, yeah. and uh you know, spent spent a while just you know producing and uh, and trekking around around Europe with a bag of uh, bag of CDs. But at that point, not not records anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I remember carrying boxes of records and after yes. visiting three clubs in a night. You know, your arms one, your 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 arms nearly touching the floor. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's no fun. Nah. So you've got into colour and pitch. Why yes. colour and pitch? Where'd you get the name from? I studied a, a slightly ridiculous music degree. Um, it's probably a little throwback from that. I studied a, a, a degree called digital music, which was actually a kind of conceptual sound art degree. Little did I know when I first started, you know, I'm, I'm there just going, I just want to make music that people might like. And there's all these kind of uh, very odd experiments going on. But one thing that did kind of capture my attention was that many of the people um, during the kind of, you know, the, the the history of kind of the more avant-garde side of music, um, especially avant-garde classical, I think people like Sarti, um, had this theory that, which I, I suppose most of us have, that there is a connection between music and colour. You know, I think if, mm. if someone asks you what a, a D minor chord would look like, you'd yeah. say a blue or a grey or a kind of, you know, whereas a, a C major or a G major would be a red or an orange. And uh, yeah, obviously the way you've got, the way you can arrange colour is within a wheel. Um, so you can actually, you know, all of the all of the spectrums kind of make sense as a circle and they all flow into each other. And for years, people believed that it was possible to do the same thing with musical notes or right. with, uh, with overtones. So there was this, this kind of a constant attempt to create a natural connection because everyone felt like there should be a connection and it was something that that was tried over and over again and it it never quite had a satisfactory conclusion but it's an idea that's always intrigued me and that's kind of the name behind the label so you haven't put too much thought into it then (laughs) (laughs) oh my life that is an amazing analogy i mean that that in itself you can you've you've actually got people in this world of ours that actually sees color when they actually play music or they, they can actually visualize the color exactly when they hear a note you know there mm. is you know some people are blessed that way um mm. so your first signing for color and pitch who was it was it yourself it was me yeah and what was the track uh it was a track called simpatico um with a vocalist from philadelphia called will brock the first project that we did together actually and we've since gone on to make an album 
for BBE as Mega Jones, which is our kind of duo name. Okay, I didn't realise that. No, so that was so that so the the label. I mean, yeah, apart from the the very lofty ideals that I just mentioned, the main motivation for launching the label, I guess, was that um, in over the last few years, I've released and remixed for a lot of other labels, um, quite a lot of other labels, and I could definitely count the ones who accounted to me, nice. let alone paid me on one hand. And nice. I just thought, well, I'd rather, if I'm not going to get, it, it's, it's principles, you know, there's not a lot, there's not a huge amount of money involved, but I think it's a, it's a respect thing to at least know how many you sold, if any. Yeah. And, you know, if you are owed some money, um, to have it. And, and that was definitely the ethos that, um, that I, I wanted to, to, to go with yeah. the color and pitch for my own music and also anyone else who wanted to, uh, to release on it, you know? Yeah. Well, it's always, it's always difficult, isn't it? To have creative juices when some, you, you, in the back of your head, you're thinking, am I even going to know if this song has sold? Um, let alone, am I going to be paid for my time and my efforts? Absolutely. And I think, um, I think the digital revolution is something that's allowed um, this culture to to thrive and I think I think if you're an artist um, or if you're a label owner you know I, I think it's really up to us to uh, to not work with these people who don't account and don't pay and uh, and, and actually not be so desperate um, yeah. yeah I can appreciate that my friend I really <laughs> can now you, you mentioned that you've done remix work you know and I mean Will Brock isn't it Will Brock is the singer, yes. He's a yeah. guy, isn't he? He's got a voice. He's he's incredible. I have to say that he's uh, he's without doubt the most the most amazing musician I've ever worked alongside. And I think um, our working uh, relationship is it, it just couldn't be any more perfect. I think we've we've definitely from the moment we started working together, um, all of the things that I'm not so hot on, he's incredible at, and all the things you know, and vice versa. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so his ability, you know, his theoretical knowledge, his uh, his keyboard playing is just out of this world. He played he plays keys on tour with the stylistics of all, uh, all people. Yeah, <laughs> so so you know he's the real guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing when you you meet people like that. You know, um, and it's amazing when they're actually in your life. It is. You're yes. blessed with that. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, in terms of that, you talk about the stylistics, you talk about, you know, this this gentleman's work with them and everything else, and you're working with them currently. If Now, I'm going to get down to a couple of personal questions, if that's all right, Well, mm, Of course. All right. Um, basically, I mean, one of the questions, a couple of questions that I like to ask, I mean, you, you know, you, in terms of remix work, if you, if you could absolutely jump into a studio anywhere, anytime in the world or in the past or wherever, you know, and you could do a work with an artist, either dead or alive. Um, do you, do you know have a, a thought who it might be or it may be? I think when it comes to remixes, I like my favourite remixes are ones where I'm sent a lot of uh, a lot of musical parts, a lot of uh, you know. I, I like to have I like to, I like to have great vocals or great musical parts. So mm -hmm. for me, um, if you're going artist dead or alive I think you know I, I have to say I'd love apart from anything else just to listen to them but I would love to to to, to get hold of acapellas from people like Mahalia Jackson or Syl Johnson or even Nat Cole yeah even Sinatra you know these these great singers and uh 
and it would just be you know I, I, it'd be a huge honor to uh to have a mess mess about with things like that whether or not i'd actually end up playing it the result to anyone but um i think in terms of a dream scenario it would be just one of those great iconic voices yeah
Now, Will mentions this track in uh, the next section of the interview, and it is an absolute stunner. Matthias Vogt. It's called Accelerator, and this is the Some Such remix. It's on the label Urban Talk. Let's get back over to Will for one last chat. In terms of your favourite track that you've ever put together, one of the other questions I like to ask. What's your favourite tune that you've ever done, you know, either on your own or as a collaboration? It's difficult to, to narrow it down to one. I mean, it tends to be music that I've written or or been a part of tends to be like a kind of like a photo album to kind of go back through. And it reminds me of a certain place and a time. Yeah. Um, I think the remix I did of Matthias Vogt's Accelerator okay. um, was just... I just remember how happy I was when I was making it. And also it's that happiness seems to translate um, when other people hear it. I've got probably more emails and messages about that remix than any other production I've done. Cool. Um, and in terms of my solo stuff, there's a song that I wrote uh, with uh, a singer called Matty Eels, who I work with very closely. Um, and we're still working towards an album. Um, but that was a track called This Old Town, which was... Uh, a very personal one. It was dedicated to a friend of mine who unfortunately passed away. Okay. Um, and we did it as a charity single for, uh, for Mind, the mental health charity. Okay. Um, and again, I think that the emotion and the feeling really comes through on the track. And people who don't even know the connection have kind of, again, been in touch and, and told me that it's affected them. Um, right. which, which is kind of what it's all about as far as it I is. understand. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you see music is emotion. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you can actually tell, tell the emotions of how you feel through that music. You can make it very emotive. Um, yeah. you know, and if it does touch people, then you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. And in a positive way, hopefully, you know, I think there's, I think there's enough, there's enough negativity and darkness, um, oh. all around us. Um, and you know, certainly, I try to to give people something slightly uplifting, or slightly positive. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, in terms of that, what is your favourite track of all time? Not just wow. what you make. What tune gets puts a smile on your face? Oh dear. See, I was ho I was hoping you wouldn't. It, it, I was hoping you wouldn't ask this. There's so many. I mean, I'd say on, on a and this is going to be a complete tangent. Um, in terms of songs, mm -hmm. probably. The simplest and most perfect song that I, I can that I keep coming back to is uh, is Suzanne by Leonard Cohen. Oh yeah, just it's just a very beautiful, bittersweet, very honest song about about love, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I think it's very accurate. Um, I think most 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 of us have been through probably every single aspect of that song in different points. You know, yeah. from the from the great love to the great loss, it distills it in about three minutes, very, very yeah. simply, beautifully. Yeah. Um, in terms of house music, the track that always gets me is is the uh, the Blaze Shelter remix of uh, Mondo Grosso's Star Suite, yeah. which I think is about 11 minutes long, isn't it? It's a big um, one, isn't it? And it justifies its entire length. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's one of those tracks that, that it actually carries you through the 11 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. It asks, instead of after eight minutes, you're going, is this still going on? Yeah. You know, yeah, so it's one of those. Yeah, it's the sort of track I've, I've, I've played it out over the years a lot, and it's one of those tracks that's so good that very often you forget to mix out of. Yeah, you know, you actually you actually realise that you've only got thirty seconds to go, and you've, you've got, got to get yourself lost in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I can imagine that. But I've had a few ones of those. Is this this supposed to be dead air? Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking for a quick advert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck and I don't in. That often happens. If you if you'll hear that sometimes on the show, sometimes when sort of like after 15 seconds an advert starts is because I've forgotten what the next track is. <laughs> I've just got totally lost in the actual song itself. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing quieter than that sound, is there? Particularly in a, in a nightclub. I remember in the, in the vinyl days, if you ever took the wrong record off, there's just nothing quieter than that silence in a, in a, in a large nightclub. You lifted the wrong needle. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too, too many vodkas and cakes. Absolutely. <laughs> I've had that a few times. The thing is, is, I mean, in some of the places I played in the past, you know, it, it didn't really matter. <laughs> it's like the Andrew Weatherall scenario again. He, 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 in the old acid days, he, um, he used to run Shoon, but prior to that, he used to a few underground clubs. And he actually paid three three chaps to run into the middle of a club dressed in pink bunny outfits and uh, submachine guns and shoot the guns into the air and then just run out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the whole place just standing, as you can imagine, absolutely mouth agog. And uh, another one is it here, him and his sidekick used to basically keep a, a pair of false horses' heads underneath the DJ console. And every now and again, they just reach down and put one on, and then carry on talking to each other like it was just a nothing. I could imagine, being, you know, being a little bit the worst for wear in that club, and being the only one of your group of friends who sees that. Yeah, you just that definitely just happened. It is, yeah. <laughs> There's a guy stood there just staring, pointing at the DJ console. He says for about an hour. <laughs> He's just standing there with his mouth open. He yeah. says he was that off his tree. He just stood there with his mouth open, pointing at the DJ. He says we took the horses' heads off. He said half an hour ago. <laughs> he just couldn't focus and couldn't get it out of his head. <laughs> but uh, he was he was known for some odd things like that. I mean, it, he he went off on one with me and started talking about B sides of records, and I was like, where on earth are you getting your information from? And how on earth I couldn't even think about B sides of some of the tracks I like. No, I, I'm, I have to say I'm one of those DJs who quite often when someone comes up and asks what a track is, I have to then look. Look, yeah. Because um, I know how they go, I just don't remember what they're called. And I yeah. think, you know, there's there's definitely a difference between us and the real the real train spotters. I think one of my favourite ones was when I was DJing one night. Some guy, I can't remember the record I was playing, but some guy came over and went, what's that? I told him the name of the track. And he was like, yeah, it's not an original pressing now, is it? The original was an orange label. And I went, yeah, um, yeah. it's a good trap though, isn't it? And he just shrugged and walked off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's too many purities out yeah. there, isn't there? <laughs> oh, I can appreciate that one. Well, in terms of anything else, what have you got finishing off at the moment for the label for yourself? What have you got going on? Uh, I have another um, another single of mine coming up on, on Colour and Pitch, which okay. is our 15th release as a label. Okay. Um, I don't know where the time's gone, but um, you know we might, yeah, we might better have a, a Christmas party after all. We can sell a few copies. <laughs> might better order a, a shandy down the uh, down the dog and trumpet. Good trumpet, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we've got a few a few people remixing. I'm looking at probably early next year. I think we are going to uh, to put a vinyl sample out, which okay. should be very limited. 
Um, and in terms of the stuff with Will Brock, the Mega Jewels material, we've got another album, second album ready to go with BBE. Um, and we're currently starting to put out um, the first LP um, as a series of singles with remixes. So we've got a remix from Finest Wear, we've got a remix from Miles Sergey. Um, hopefully got something coming up from, from Richard Earnshaw as well. Okay. Finest um, Wear, nice stuff. Yes, yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant artist. I mean, it has actually Colour and Pitch started with just me and him as, as artists on the label. Right. Um, I've been a massive fan of, of his for a long time and he's yeah. a great friend. So, uh, yeah, it's just, I'd say if there's a, a core of artists on Colour and Pitch, it's, uh, it's, it's me and Finest Wear. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, my friend, I'm not going to take your time up anymore. I've really enjoyed having a good chat with you. You've, as I say, you're a bit of an onion, um, and you have surprised me with some of the layers that uh, you know we've spoken about. I'll be honest, you're not the norm in terms good. of you know the ABCs. This is it, ABC, and thank you very much. And 15 minutes later, um, right? Okay, see you soon. It's nothing like that. I've actually have really enjoyed having a chat to you. No, so have I. Very much so. Very much so. And uh, I certainly uh, appreciate all the support um, you've given me and, and given the label and the Sounds Collective. No, my pleasure. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned to you, I think, before, uh, just before we started recording, um, it's very, I think in this day and age, it's so rare and so important to, uh, to hear someone who actually plays the music that they like and the music, you know, and, and timeless music, rather than, uh, especially in the electronic scene, rather than what's what's trendy and what's uh, what's cool and what's being hyped by by the latest flavor of the month PR company, and uh, it's it's very much appreciated, and I think it will uh, it will have its own rewards over the long term. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. It means a lot to hear that. Oh, good. I do good. appreciate it. Well, listen, Will. You have yourself a great day. It's been absolutely a joy speaking to you, my friend. And uh, I hope to speak to you again very soon. Absolute pleasure, Mark. All right. All the very best, mate. You too. Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. What a top man. I have absolutely loved having a chat with that gentleman. Uh, you can see why I called him an onion. He has many, many layers. I would absolutely love to play all the tracks that Will has mentioned tonight. However, I do have to play this one. This was released back in March 2013, and it is a stunning tune from Will Some Such. The track is a tribute to a childhood friend of his who passed away after a long struggle with mental illness. Now, the good thing about this, all the proceeds from this track and all the amazing remixes that were done by the Disclosure Project and Greenville Massive go directly to the mental health charity Mind. So get yourself onto Beatport, wherever you can get this tune. Buy it because you're donating to a very, very worthy cause and it is such a great track for your money.
you enjoying the show. Coming up after the break, will some such in the mix. This is Mark Mack. The Sounds Collective. 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 Deeper. 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 107.3 Stafford FM. This is Mark Mack. The Sounds Collective. Deeper. Deeper. Hi, this is Will Sumsearch of Colour and Pitch. And you're listening to my mix exclusively on The Sounds Collective.
Some such of colour and pitch, and you're listening to the Sounds Collective. Shine, shine, shine 
Think about what you're made of Made of beauty and pure love
The Sounds Collective. Deeper, deeper, deeper.
an amazing mix. That is Will Some Such. Colour and Pitch, BBE, Mega Jones. You've got to find those names. Get out there, have a listen to this guy's work. He's absolutely amazing. All right, well, listen, thanks very much, Will Some Such, for being an amazing guest. Have yourself a fantastic week. I will see you next week. James Benedict's in the house. Lucky Son exclusive Sounds Collective guest mix. See you then. Good night. This is Mark Mack. The Sounds Collective. 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 Deeper. Deeper.